Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hi, I'm Dr. Caroline Leaf, and welcome to my podcast, Cleaning Up the Mental Mess, a podcast dedicated to helping you take back control of your mental and physical health. In today's special episode, I am going to be answering some of the questions that you've sent in around handling anxiety and coping with staying at home as the COVID-19 pandemic has gripped the world. So many people are saying so many things. So I want to try and help you as much as I can with managing your mind in this crisis so you can stay strong. One more note before we begin. With all the stress, anxiety, social distancing and isolation stemming from the coronavirus, the need to connect with each other is more critical than ever. I created a dedicated Facebook support group to stay connected with others and share your challenges and the best tips for dealing with our new normal. The link to join the group will be in the show notes. And for additional resources to help you manage anxiety, stress and worry during this crisis, check out some of my books which are on sale now. To get 25% of all individual books, DVDs and workbooks, visit drleaf.com and use the code DRLEAF25 at checkout. Lastly, I have put my new brain detox app, Switch, on sale, as this is a great tool to help manage your mental health during this crisis. Currently, it's 50% off a three-month subscription. Just go to theswitch.app for more details and to download the app. The link will be in the show notes. Before we begin this episode, I want to check in with all of you. How are you doing? How are you holding up? At a time like this, it's vital to focus on your mental hygiene and health. Anxiety, stress, worry, fear, all of these can really weaken your immune system and affect how your brain functions. If you find you are struggling with your mental health or you just can't seem to feel happy, then it's time for mind management. It's time to detox your brain. That's where my new 21-day brain detox app called Switch comes in. It's designed to help you find and eliminate the root of whatever is causing your mental distress and help you replace it with a new healthy neural network and habit. It's just five steps that you do each day for 21 days and will take you about 15 to 30 minutes. This is a daily mind management plan to manage your toxic stress. The program has over 30 years of research backing it up and just went through clinical trials again with amazing results. And right now, a three-month subscription is on sale for 50% off. Just go to theswitch.app or look for Switch on Your Brain on iTunes or Google Play. The link will also be in the show notes. Right, let's get back to this episode. I have the most amazing questions that have been sent in. There's lots of questions. I'm going to answer as many as I can in this episode, and we will do more like this as well. First question is, how do I talk to my children about situations like this without scaring them, but also ensuring that they are taking the right precautions, like washing hands, social distancing, and so on? My answer to that is that, I don't believe in pussyfooting around issues with children. They are really smart and can read your body language. They're actually better at reading body language than adults are. And considering that body language is 50% of communication anyway, you may think you're hiding things from them, but you're not. They sense something is wrong and that you are battling. Children between the ages of 2 to around about 10 to 11 don't really have the language to express themselves yet either, nor the fully developed metacognitive and cognitive skills. So if you don't help them express and process the anxiety they have picked up from you, they will embed that in their body. And the more traumatized you become, the more traumatized they will become. 
I know that this places huge responsibility on us as parents to be honest about our feelings. But hey, that's what we signed up for. We signed up to be parents. So let's get our skills up to par on how to handle our own emotional stuff and then we can handle our kids. So my advice from 25 years of running a clinical practice and having four children of my own is be honest. Be honest, obviously age appropriate to whatever age your child is. Explain what's going on at the level that they are on. Show pictures of the virus. Show pictures of scientists that are trying to find the vaccine. Give analogies that are age appropriate to help them understand. So you can tell them what's going on. Tell them how you feel. Tell them that it's making you a bit anxious. Get your feelings out, but this is what you're doing to manage it. So you don't just hide and ignore and pretend everything's fine because they can pick up that you're concerned. So you tell them that you are concerned that there is this virus out there that is something, if it's a very young child, you could maybe say something like it's a very dangerous animal and it's kind of on the loose out there. So until we can catch it and understand it and control it, we need to stay inside. We need to not get close to people. Or you could use something like a flower versus thorns. So the flower is something that is nice versus the thorns are something that hurt us. So we've got to be careful of the thorns. So the dangerous animal versus a pet example that I just gave is that you could show that tell them about a dangerous animal, as I mentioned, and then compare that to a pet. So we've got to be careful of the dangerous animal till we catch it. Whereas a pet we can play with or a flower, a flower is beautiful, you can pick it. But if the thorns we need to be careful of. So finding an analogy to help them understand that this is something that's real, it's out there, it's dangerous, we can't ignore it. And that you are also feeling anxious, but we're doing something about it. And that's why, let me repeat, show them pictures of scientists that are actually looking in petri dishes and that kind of thing to show them that the adults, the grown-ups are actually trying to do something about the situation. So get sciencey. Kids love that. Give them facts, not too many, simple with analogies, but don't beat about the bush. Be honest about what's going on. As I said, simple, to the point, not too complicated, with lots of analogies, with lots of pictures, and express how you're feeling And at the same time, encourage them to express how they are feeling. You've heard me say many, many times, and you'll hear me say again many, many times, that we need to embrace, we need to process, and we need to reconceptualize. So we need to embrace our own emotions that we're going through, and we need to process them, and we need to redesign them, reconceptualize them, see them from another angle. And We can do that out loud in a simple way with our children. We can say things like, yes, I am scared. It's not nice to know that there's this thing out there, but this is why we are staying inside or this is why we aren't going to school at the moment because we are letting the scientists and the grown-ups out there that are studying this to try and control this. So you give them reasons. You give them explain and give them something to help them to hang on to this. Give facts with analogies, but don't beat about the bush. Be honest. And then, as I said, encourage them to speak about their feelings. So how are you feeling? Are you feeling sad? Let them express themselves. If they need words to help them, you can jump in and help them express themselves as well. So that's why you can explain to them that we need to wash our hands because when you wash your hands, it actually destroys the virus. And you could tell them to sing happy birthday twice, which is around about 20 seconds. And then that, as they're doing that and washing their hands with lots of soap and water, that's actually killing the virus. So they can do something. And the, as they're singing it, maybe they can say, I'm scared of this virus, but I'm killing this virus. There's so many different little ways that you can help them to process this. The big thing is don't just pretend it's all fine because it's not. This is a new normal. We need to get our heads around this and share ideas and tips and techniques on how to do this. But the basic overriding principle is embrace, process, and reconceptualize. Another great question is, how do we deal with and help with anxiety and angry outbursts from kids? Well, these outbursts are coming from the changes, obviously, from the frustration of not being at school, not being able to see their friends, not being able to maybe have birthday parties, not being able to do all the normal things that are part of their routine. And it's also confusing and they don't understand it. So as I just answered in question number one, it's really important that you dissipate the concern and the frustration by giving them factual, simple factual information, truthful with analogies simple and always attaching how you're feeling about it and 
inviting them to share how they're feeling about the situation. They're very young, even get them to go and draw pictures or to play Lego and to transfer this immediately, this emotional energy into something constructive. And they might build a virus or they might draw a virus or they draw how they feel. So it's embracing it once again, it's processing it and it's reconceptualizing it. So the outburst is coming from the fact that they're not sure. So by you helping them to understand what's going on as best you can in this uncertain time in a simple way and allowing them to channel that frustration energy into drawing or something can really help with an outburst. So frustration will increase in this time. So I'd suggest you have different spaces allocated in your home as well to deal with frustration and all the other stuff, stuff that our kids have stuffed down because of the hurry sickness that we've been living under. So what's also going to happen in this time is that we live under in the age of hurry sickness where everyone's just hurrying and busy and doing so much and suddenly we've gone from this extreme to where there's no hurrying going on at all and it's a tremendous contrast which can also lead to confusion frustration in your children and in yourselves and that can also lead to those outbursts as well but this is a blessing in disguise because by getting away from all the hurry sickness and busy 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 it gives you a chance to just internalize just to think again to actually be quiet and just deal with stuff and as you go and go from this one extreme of being busy to being so quiet and different and a lifestyle that's so totally not hurry sickness, not so busy, you do start looking at yourself. You do start seeing things inside of yourself. So there might have been a bullying incident at school that your child never was able to talk about or something happened where a friend or something's happened in their life and they've stuffed that down, which often happens with children many, many times, some sort of adverse experience that they stuffed down. In this time, in this period where you are forced to be together for these long periods of time and you've got time to think again, these things will come to the surface. So an outburst could also be coming from some kind of stuffed trauma that's happened. It may be an extreme trauma, it may be not as extreme, but things that are there start bubbling up and they don't know how to express it. And that's where encouraging them, modeling, you expressing how you feel, asking questions, giving them sort of the words to be able to express themselves through art, painting, pictures, drawing, play therapy. These are all ways that they can start pouring out what's going on inside of them. And that's been stuffed down. It helps them to bring that out. So don't be frightened of the outbursts because they are telling you something. On a practical level, it's really good to have a space allocated in your house where if there is a little bit of an outburst going on or a bit of shouting or screaming, throwing things around, have a space allocated in your house, like maybe it's in your sitting room area or in your kitchen or on your porch, somewhere that you can allow the child to go. And when you go, when you feel like you need to get some frustration out and it's an allocated space where you go there and you get your frustration out. It's a great idea to maybe fill up balloons with water if it's outside and you can express your frustration by throwing the balloons if it's possible or if it's in a room and it's inside and that's not really practical to have balloons filled with water that's been thrown around your house. You could maybe just have a soft toy that could be thrown at a wall so the frustration can then come out in that way to try and process it. But there's a space where it's allowed, a space where it can be controlled and expressed so it doesn't go crazy, but having that space and having that time is very valuable in dealing with a particular issue or the underlying cause of the outburst. And it could be that the outburst has just come from the fact that they really are upset about missing that birthday party or that they're really missing school. And having that chance to have a space where they can express their frustration is tremendously helpful. Let them get it out without being judged and disciplined. You may not like what you hear, but you need to hear it to help them. So, Set some basic rules in this space, this outburst space or whatever you want to call it. Like no one is allowed to physically touch anyone else in that space. No one hurts anyone else. No one gets yelled at in that space. And be ready when they come out of that space to hug them. Because when you get all those emotions out, you are embracing them and you're starting to process them, you get this incredible neurochemical rush. And it's really good when they're in that space and maybe they just sit down and they start crying or they just walk away from that space. Encourage them to step out of that space and hug them. As you hug a person, it's called monkey hug therapy, it drops people's cortisol levels dramatically and it increases the theta wave to flow through the brain. And when the theta wave flows through the brain, we get healing happening in the brain. Tremendous amount of different brain effects. The energies of the brain start changing. The brain generates energy. And when you get something out and then you get hugged afterwards, it is a very powerful calming tool and opens the door to all kinds of levels of healing. 
Next question, also excellent question. If you exposed or know someone who has it, how do I cope and heal and manage my anxiety? Okay, so if you've been exposed or you know someone who has it, so you've been exposed, how do you cope and heal and manage the anxiety? Be talking obviously about exposure to the COVID-19 coronavirus. Well, my answer to that is knowledge is power. So that's why it's so important to be informed. Follow the CDC and WHO guidelines. I mean, that's logical. Okay, but very importantly, you need to manage your mind. This is acute news. Acute is a shock. The pandemic is a shock. The way things are changing from hour to hour is a shock. So we're kind of living under constant acute news. And it's very important that in this time, we realize that a shock can put us into stress. And hear what I'm saying now. We all think, okay, that's bad for me. Stress is actually a way of our body coping. Stress is not bad for you. It's the perception of the stress that is bad for you that makes your body work against you instead of for you. So as you hear that acute news that shocks you, that now you've been exposed to someone and maybe you're going to be exposed, your body does go into toxic stress. And when your body goes into toxic stress, it's very important that you tell yourself, okay, these chemicals are flowing. I can feel my heart beating. I can feel the adrenaline pumping. I'm really anxious about this. Say those things. Tune into the physical sensations in your body. Say how you're feeling. And now let me give you some knowledge because knowledge is power. Initially, as you hear a shocking piece of news, an acute news that puts us into this state, the stress that you go into is actually good for you. It dilates the blood vessels around your heart. So you get more blood and oxygen flowing to your brain and that will give you clarity of thought. So even though you are literally freaking out, you are doing what I call freaking out in the love zone. If you know, like I'm telling you now, that this feeling that you're having is actually good for you because you're going to make your body work for you. In an acute situation where we're facing a crisis like you've potentially been exposed to the COVID-19, what we want is for our body to be as strong as possible. We want our immune system to be as strong as possible and optimized to be able to bring healing into your body and help you cope. And your mind is playing a massive 90% plus role in that process. So by knowing that those physical morning signals, the adrenaline and so on, is actually good for you, you will make your heart, blood vessels around your heart dilate. You will control the amount of adrenaline running through your body. But if you think, oh no, this is terrible, and you respond negatively to those physical warning signals, then the blood vessels around your heart will constrict, and now you will have less blood flow and less oxygen to your brain, and your cortisol will increase instead of decreasing, which then sets off another whole lot of chain reactions in your body, and that'll block your ability to think with clarity. So it's really important that when you hear of something immediately, whether it is exposure to the COVID-19, whether it is another level of whatever we're going to hear in the next hour about this acute situation that we're in, it's important that you immediately stop, tune in to how your body's feeling, tune into what you mentally, what's going on in your mind, express that, embrace it, bring it out, say it, I feel scared, this sucks, it's terrible, embrace it, recognize those physical warning signals and say, okay, this is good, my body is going to work for me, I'm going to have oxygen and blood and chemicals flowing to my brain so that I can think with clarity, that I can make good decisions because I'm clear thinking, that then allows my body, and you tell yourself this, now my body, the blood will flow to my brain and the oxygen will flow to my brain and the chemicals will flow correctly and it will make my immune system stronger. So you tell yourself those things and take a few deep breaths while you're doing it because the rhythmic breathing can also help to dissipate the cortisol levels and help you be calm enough to manage that situation. So that is an immediate way of handling your anxiety. We also have released on our podcast, you'll find that there is a guide for how to manage a panic attack. I also have an app called Switch which as I mentioned is on sale at the moment and the techniques in there are fantastic for developing strong networks that you can revert to in a time of crisis. We want to be proactive with our mind and not reactive with our mind. So we want to practice building networks into our mind that as we're in a crisis situation, we can draw on those 
positive networks to help us cope in the situation. And the particular positive network that I'm talking about now is to build a positive thought network that helps teach you that stress works for you and not against you, that you'll think more clearly and have a better immune function when you grab that thought and you, instead of thinking it's bad for you, the stress feelings, that they are actually good for you. You want to train your mind to train your body that as you hear it, you can grab those anxious feelings immediately and control that anxiety by telling yourself that the stress is good for you. Digestion is a big problem for so many people I meet today. And without strong digestion, you'll battle to reach the level of mental health and performance you deserve. A balanced gut microbiome, something the right probiotic can help you achieve, helps turn the food you eat into nutrients your brain can use. While there are countless probiotics out there, there's one from a company called Bioptimizers that I have found to be especially impressive. It's called P3-OM. P3-OM helps with protein digestion, which then helps deliver more essential amino acids and other nutrients to your brain and help with neurotransmitters that boost your mood and mental health. You can get a free bottle of P3-OM shipped out today by going to www.p-3-o.m.com slash leaffree and use the coupon leaffreep3om. The link will be in the show notes. Next question, how do I deal with the loneliness of social distancing and home quarantine? I mean, this is everyone's question. All of these are everyone's questions. Such good questions. First, let's reconceptualize the concept of loneliness. Reconceptualize means to look at things differently. A really interesting study was done where they took people from the ages of around about 12 till about 78 years of age and they put them into a room on their own in isolation. Granted, it was only for 16 minutes, but they told them to think. They didn't have computers. They didn't have their phones. They didn't have anything. It was just them alone in this room. And their instruction was to think. And They did not like the majority of people in that study, all ages, did not like that exercise at all. They were frustrated, they were bored, all kinds of things. What I am saying here is that a few years ago, before the great advancements in technology, thinking was very much part of a human's lifestyle. You are designed to think, to have moments where you switch off from the external world and switch on to your internal world. This helps your brain to reboot. It helps the chemicals of your brain to reboot. It helps the energy flow in your brain to go to a whole different level. You increase what we call gamma energy in the brain, which flows from the front to the back of the brain. And it's very, very important in insight and creativity and learning. We have another energy frequency in our brain called alpha. And when alpha increases, you get more access to your thoughts and your memories and you increase your ability to self-regulate. These two skills alone, and there's a lot more involved here, these two things that I've just described now, alone will transform how your immune system is functioning and help you to actually think in a way that is healing to your brain. So what I'm saying here is that when you take the time to actually be on your own and really think, you are actually going to learn to deal with the loneliness in a different way. So yes, it's a whole new way. We can't physically be with people as much as we wanted to be before, but it's giving you a chance to slow down and redevelop your ability to just think like the poem goes what is this life if full of care we have no time to stand and stare to stand beneath the boughs and stare as long as sheep and cows so we need to try to embrace this opportunity to develop our thinker moments again when we take this time to just think and not always be busy we are rebooting the brain we are bringing healing to the brain You know, we exhaust our brains with this hurry sickness life that we live under, where we're constantly doing stuff, constantly stimulating our brain, constantly thinking that we always need to be around people. We do need people. I'm not saying that we don't need people, but we also need time alone. We need time to think deeply. Your brain has limited energy in any 24-hour period, and we drain that energy like we drain our cell phone batteries. It gets drained by not taking these thinker moments, by not taking time to switch off from the external world. 
And here we're in this pandemic and we have an ideal opportunity to teach ourselves these thinker moments again. I can pretty much guarantee as you embrace this, you will start getting to know yourself better. You will start changing the way that you're thinking. You will start thinking of creative ways because you get very creative when you do these thinker moments, creative ways of connecting with others and finding that loneliness is something that can actually be kind of seen from a different angle that you can overcome loneliness in so many different ways. I mean, there's all these Facebook groups and there's, we've started a Facebook group where you can connect with others. You've got Zoom technology, you've got WhatsApp, you've got so many different ways of looking at someone's shorts through technology, but at least we can see each other and we can think of great ways of connecting and communicating and having conversations, just phoning someone and just having a great talk because now you've got time to do that. Instead of just texting, you could actually call someone. You could do a Facebook Live with a group of friends or go using Zoom technology or whatever to look at someone in the eyes and have a conversation. So you can actually spend time now healing from hurry sickness, which is going to heal your brain. You can come out of this so much healthier and so much more intelligent because when we take these thinker moments, we also increase our intelligence. And as you learn to do this, once we back into the whatever our new normal is going to be, This is time that you've invested in your brain and your mind. You've trained yourself to rethink, to take these thinker moments again, and you will continue doing that. You're going to set up great patterns for helping you cope once we get back into the busyness of life again. As you also reach out to others in this time through technology, a very wonderful way of getting over loneliness is to reach out and ask people, how can I help you? Do you need to talk about something? How can I just listen to you? Just by reaching out to others, let's say that you're feeling really down today. Let's say that things have just got you and you just want to curl up in a ball and not talk to anyone. That's when you should text someone and say, hey, I was just thinking about you. Do you want to chat? I just want to listen. I noticed that you were maybe a bit quiet and I haven't spoken to you for a while. And just listen. They will feel noticed. They will feel listened to. And as you do that, you're getting your mind off yourself and you're helping others. And research shows that when you do this, when you reach out to others and just listen and notice and problem solve together, you will increase your own healing by a factor of 68%. Next question. How do I turn my brain off at night from worrying so that I can sleep? Also such a good question. Okay, preparing for sleep begins in the morning. It's the way you wake up in the morning and how you go through the day. This is pure mind management. You see, when we allow thoughts to just build one after another without embracing them, and processing them and reconceptualizing them, which means that we're grabbing them, we are analyzing them, we're acknowledging them, and we are designing them in such a way that we can manage them and cope with them, so seeing them from a different angle. When we do that, we're preparing ourselves for sleep, and we need to do that all day long. So we need to be self-regulating how we are thinking, how we are feeling, and how we are making choices. Those three things go together. As you think, you feel. As you think and feel, you choose. So during the course of the day, to prepare yourself to switch off your brain at night, you need to be self-regulating your thinking and feeling and choosing during the course of the day. When we don't do that, when we just allow, oh my gosh, this news clip and the next news clip and the next news and then your kids are driving you crazy and then this happens at work and then the finances. I mean, there is certainly nothing to be concerned about now. You can easily spend the entire day worrying and then people are going to be difficult because they're frustrated and they'll say things to you that they don't mean and then you've got all the relationship things. It can just escalate completely out of control, but it doesn't have to. You control your mind. You control how you think and how you feel and how you make choices about every next moment. This is in your hands. So you can train your mind, you use your mind, listen to this, it sounds quite funny, but you can use your mind to train your mind to control how your mind is thinking and feeling and choosing. So you can literally watch yourself. Okay, so this Next thing comes in about the coronavirus or this next email comes through about another business deal that's fallen through because of the coronavirus. So now you've got a double shock. You've just read the news and now you've just realized that you've got a financial thing and there's even more bad news about the coronavirus. You can grab those two thoughts 
immediately and you can watch your thinking. Like, how am I thinking about this? I'm feeling panicky. This is really scary. These are the implications. This is what it is. And get it out. Watch your thinking. It's literally like standing back and watching someone else talking. You want to literally watch how you're feeling. What are you thinking? What are you feeling as you think? And what are you choosing? And you might be shocked and say, oh my gosh, I'm actually going down a rabbit hole of thinking this person said this because of that. And like, I can feel this knot in my stomach. My shoulders are tensing. My face is changing. I'm getting frustrated. I'm starting to say ugly words. That's what I'm talking about. Watch how you are thinking, feeling, and choosing in response. And then grab that and say to yourself, okay, this is damaging my brain and my body because it is. It's giving you brain damage and it's lowering your immunity, which you do not want at the moment. You want strong immunity and clear thinking. So by Going down a rabbit hole of anxiety, you are reducing immunity, you are damaging your brain. But in an instant, you can change that by using self-regulation to acknowledge that your thinking, feeling and choosing isn't producing the ideal result. How can you change that? How can you take how you thought, felt and chosen about that situation and how can you reconceptualize that to look like something else? So instead of saying, oh gosh, this person's always this and that, look at the context. They just distresses what you are in this situation. Maybe you're making an assumption that they're thinking a negative thing. Maybe they aren't. Maybe they just trying to deal with their own stuff. Maybe you've read this whole situation wrong. Go through a whole series of trying to understand and not just make assumptions about how a person is thinking, but actually try to understand. Maybe you could even ask them in your vicinity or text them if they're not in your home where you are currently at the moment. But don't allow yourself just to go down this rabbit hole of worrying and worrying and worrying because that will affect your sleep because you will go to bed at night with all this unfinished business, all these thoughts that are brewing and churning around your head and going crazy. And that puts your brain into very high levels of what we call high beta. And high beta is a great energy frequency in the brain, but it is only supposed to flow intermittently in a cyclic fashion. But if you don't deal with those thoughts, if you don't self-regulate what you're thinking, feeling and choosing and get to some sort of moving forward, progressive way of handling them, then the high beta wave stays high for too long and doesn't work in a cyclic way. It's more like just a complete rush, a constant flood, like a waterfall. And that will definitely affect the other energy levels in your brain, the chemicals in your brain, and you're exhausted and you lie down and you can't sleep. But you can change that. You can change that by grabbing those thoughts and applying what I have just said now. I have done a podcast on sleep and I strongly recommend that you actually go listen to that podcast as well. I'll give some great tips on how to go to sleep. And one of the things, I'll just tell you one tip now while we're on this road. Let's say that you didn't manage to get everything under control and you got into bed and you're freaking out and you're just not able to sleep. Don't force yourself to sleep. Sit up. Get out of bed if you have to. Do something else. Read that book that you've been wanting to read. Work on that document you've been wanting to work on. Work on that project. Don't sit there trying to force yourself to sleep because you're going to get more and more anxious and you're going to lie there getting worse and worse. And as the adrenaline rushes through your body, that is not good for you. So yes, you need to sleep, but worrying about not sleeping and not dealing with the issues is a worse thing. Rather get up, even get a notebook, list all the things that you are worrying about. So write it down and then say you're going to deal with this tomorrow, that tomorrow. Get closure. Get some sort of finality on it. Once again, my Switch app will really, really help you learn how to do this self-regulation thing that I'm telling you about. Tips for making it easier to leave your children in a childcare setting when you must work during the pandemic. Okay, so this is a question from someone. I want to stay home and keep my children close, but I must work. How do you reduce guilt regarding leaving them in the care of others? And this is a really tough one. And so many people are in this position. Guilt is a chain. It chains you and damages your brain. You actually have to tell yourself that you're doing the best under the circumstances. You've got to take that guilt and you've got to take the draining energy that guilt does. It literally drains energy out of your brain, increases the high beta, it reduces the, the alpha, it changes the brain combination, the energy of brain waves in the brain into a very toxic pattern. And it will make you feel chained. It will block your ability to see things for what they are. The guilt and condemnation, it's like it's holding your mind down. You almost can't function properly. Don't allow it. You control your mind. Please hear what I'm saying related to all these answers that I'm giving you. You don't have to be consumed by that guilt. You don't have to be chained by it. You are more powerful than the guilt. You can use the guilt to springboard you into freedom and breaking those chains by saying, okay, 
I don't like this situation. I hate it. I don't want to leave my child in childcare. I really want to care for them, but I have to actually earn money to pay for my child. Talk to yourself like that. Give yourself the reasons. Don't allow your mind to go down that guilt rabbit hole. So many times people get into patterns of rumination and they think they can't control it. You can. You can choose to stop immediately on the spot. Don't allow yourself. Grab that thought. I put this up, a little video clip up on Instagram the other day about how to stop yourself ruminating and how to deal with that anxious thought. In your mind, physically see it, externalize it as this toxic looking tree and grab hold of it. There's the guilt. Grab it tight and say, okay, I am not going to allow this to chain me anymore. Take it out of you, externalize it and speak to that and acknowledge it. And as soon as it's in your hands and out of your head and you're acknowledging it, it's already weaker. It's already crumbling. That's actual science. As soon as we consciously aware of something and consciously aware of working through something, we are weakening it. So you can take it and you can immediately take that and speak the knowledge of it. Like I explained, say, okay, I have to do this because we need the finances. I'm going to send all the hand sanitizer to the school. I'm going to make sure all these kind of things. So you turn, you weaken that toxic tree and it literally does. And you build a healthy new green tree. I always use the toxic tree and green tree because your thoughts look like trees in your brain. And that one, I did feel guilt, but I'm not going to allow that to block me because I need to think clearly so I can do the best job and be the best mom because that guilt's draining. And when you collect your child, you're going to battle to be the best mom. You're going to battle at work. You're going to battle all around. So grab that draining guilt energy and springboard it into an energy that's going to invigorate you. And I know it's not easy. None of this is easy. Mind work is not easy, but you've got to put in the effort. Like you put in, if you're an Olympic athlete, you put in the effort to get to that level. We have to train our minds. That is called mind management. Another question on, I'm struggling with sleeping and concentrating. How do I find peace while feeling your feelings so you aren't just shoving them under the rug? And I've already said this and I'm going to answer this question again because we cannot hear this enough. If you shove something down, thoughts are real things. They occupy mental real estate. Thoughts have got information, the information about the coronavirus, the financial situation, what's happening next, who you've been exposed to, what's going to happen down the line. All that information is in that thought, whatever the thought is about. And emotions. Hear what I'm saying. Every thought that you build into your brain as a result of thinking, feeling, and choosing, has information and emotions. And this information and emotions are alive. They're like volcanoes. And if they're toxic, they are toxic volcanoes that are going to explode. So you can try and stuff them down, but they will not go away. They are there causing brain damage and embedding in every single one of your cells. And over time, that is not good for your health, your mental health or your physical health. And they will explode volcanic style, kind of like when you've suddenly got a guest over and your kids have left stuff all over the house and you shove it in your front closet. And then there's so much in there in the middle of serving coffee or dinner to your friends, the whole closet door just bursts open and everything falls out. That's what we do. You think you can stuff it away, but it will come out in a mental, physical illness in your body, mind challenges, mental challenges. We have to embrace. As soon as you embrace, you are acknowledging, you're describing, you're getting it out of yourself, like I said in the previous answer. And that weakens it. Hear what I'm saying? The little protein structures that are holding that information weaken and they can be redesigned and you control the redesigning. Okay, so if you don't, that will affect your sleeping and concentrating. All of us, if we don't deal with our stuff and stuff it down, it will affect how we sleep. It will affect how we concentrate. It will affect how we're processing and going through life. So let me give this example of the coronavirus. Now that it said that it has affected your finances in a huge way, but you're just not dealing with it. Every time you think of it, you just quickly distract yourself with something else. Eventually that will come out in your sleep and your concentration because it's there. You need to get it out. You need to say, this is the situation. This is what I used to earn. This is what I'm not going to earn anymore because of this. Get it out. And now reconceptualize. What can you do around the situation? Even if you have to get help from someone. We've got a podcast coming out soon on how to manage your finances in the pandemic crisis. There's so much information out there. There's so many people. We can help each other. We're a community. There's so much actual help out there. And you can go find this ways of managing your finances, for example, just to take this example and then you can reconceptualize okay I couldn't earn there but let me see I could do this this and this and you've gained that this this and this reconceptualized knowledge 
potentially from talking to someone or listening to a podcast on how to manage your finances in a pandemic or whatever it may be. But you've been active. You've done something. You haven't just sat there pretending it's not existing or trying to pretend it doesn't exist because you can't not acknowledge that it exists. But you've really got to, as it comes up, not push it back down. Keep it up. When something is in your conscious mind, that's when you can do something about it. I'm not saying it's all going to be rosy and go away, but at least you have a mind management technique to keep yourself focusing and concentrating and to keep your health. How can I help my young adult children in college deal with the negative media workload and feeding the loss of the typical college social life that they're experiencing now? Once again, it's the same principles. Embrace process and reconceptualize. And that means you're going to have to talk it through. You're going to have to get it out. Don't try and pussyfoot around this or sugarcoat this. You need to allow your children, your teenagers, the space that I spoke about earlier on. Like you allow a younger child to go into that space, your teenagers and you can go into that space as well, where you actually acknowledge. We've got to acknowledge. We've got to embrace. We've got to say, it sucks. It's terrible. Get Let them express it. Let them get the negativity, the anger, the frustration. They need to feel noticed. They need to feel heard. They need, need to feel listened to. And then you can problem solve together. But you've got to first get it out. You've first got to become conscious of it. It's very important with a teenager that you don't just say, oh, it's all going to be fine. We don't know what's going to happen in the future. And yes, time does pass and this the world season will pass too. And there will be some sort of solution. But at the moment, this is very significant. Missing a graduation, missing a prom dance. These are very, very real things. And not being able to maybe see their boyfriends and girlfriends. And this is very, very frustrating they need to be allowed to express their anger, their negativity, their frustration without being disciplined. And what's super important with a teenager is let them talk. Surveys have shown, massive meta-analyses have shown that when they ask teenagers between the age of 12 and 18, what is the most important thing you need from your parents? The consistent answer across the board across cultures was for parents to listen to them, to notice, to listen to them, and then to problem solve with them when they are ready. When your teenager is ready for advice, they'll ask you for it. Let them talk it through. Don't just keep jumping in and talking at them and talking at them and talking at them and telling them what they should do. Don't presume to know what they're experiencing and they're feeling. What they are going through, yes, we're all going through this at the moment, but each of us is experiencing this in our own unique way. And each age group is experiencing it in their own unique way because of the fact that we are in a specific age group and have certain context and experience, etc. in our life. So don't try and make the way you experiencing it the way your child is experiencing it. You can't do that. You have to let them get it out so that you can try and understand how they're experiencing it and then problem solving together. There's no formula for the solution. Be creative in trying to deal with this crisis as, as you start problem solving together. There is no formula. It's a matter of really being very, very creative and taking time. And the solutions aren't going to come all immediately in one shot. Okay, there's still quite a few more questions. How do we handle the constant change when you can't get your footing because the information and recommendations are changing so quickly? My answer to that is, well, change is really the only constant that we have. Your brain is never the same. No moment is ever the same. And I think if we accept that change is the norm, and I know this is an exceptional time of change, but if we adapt and help ourselves to realize that change is actually something that is happening all the time. This is extreme change because it's disrupting our lifestyles in an incredibly enormous way. But if we can understand and tell ourselves that change is actually normal, even though this is on the extreme end of normal, it's still part of normal. And so therefore, that will help us adjust a little bit more easily. It's a constant. Your brain is never the same. What we want to do is get a possibilities mindset. You know, Thomas Edison took thousand attempts before he discovered the light bulb. And when he was asked about his failures, his a thousand failures, his answer was, they're not failures. I now know a thousand different things that don't work. So change goes hand in hand with possibilities. There's always some possibility, multitude of possibilities out there. And if we broaden our mind to accept, to actually build a network, like literally right now as you're listening to me, think of growing a 
beautiful green tree in your brain that says that I can cope with change because I'm designed to cope with change. Yes, I like the comfort of regularity and knowing what's coming up as much as possible, but the world is filled with possibilities. And although I can't see them right at the moment, there are a thousand different things that I can learn in any one moment about any one situation. When you adapt to that kind of thinking, when you practice that kind of thinking, practicing it, you build a network in your brain. And when you're in the situation of another change, you're not so thrown about it because you pull that network up from your brain into your conscious mind and you hang the new information onto the, okay, change is normal tree. So think of a green tree and think of that tree is saying change is normal. There's multiple possibilities. Then you read something about new about the coronavirus and think of that as, okay, this is another change. It's okay. I'm going to hang it on that tree. How am I now going to adjust? What are my new set of possibilities? If you want to know more about the possibilities mindset, I have a great book called Think, Learn, Succeed. Books on 25% sale at the moment. And there I give you a lot of information and tips on how to use, develop a possibilities mindset and the thinker mindset that I spoke about earlier on. This episode is made possible by my favorite bra company, Third Love. Why is this my favorite bra company? Well, I hate uncomfortable, expensive, ill-fitting bras. First of all, Third Love makes finding the best fitting bra super fun and easy. You just take their Fit Finder quiz online and you'll find your perfect fit in 60 seconds. Third Love helps you identify your breast size and shape and find styles that fit your body. Second, Third Love is hands down the most comfortable bra you'll own with straps that won't slip and tagless labels so no itching. Lastly, Third Love donates all of their gently used return bras to women in need, supporting charities in their local San Francisco Bay Area and across the United States. So far, Third Love has donated over 15 million in bras. Third Love knows there's a perfect bra for everyone. So right now, they are offering my listeners 15% off your first order. Go to thirdlove.com slash drleaf now to find your perfect fitting bra and get 15% off your first purchase. That's thirdlove.com slash drleaf for 15% off today. The link and offer details will also be in the show notes. Next question, dealing with the I wish I would have taken care of my finances and relationships better before we got into this. I love that question. This is an if only question. If only I had taken care of my finances before I got into this situation. If only I had handled that relationship issue or that work issue better before I got into this. This is the if only kind of mentality. I used to be the if only queen. Honestly, it stole my joy. I would be in a situation and I'd look back with this 2020 vision and say, oh my goodness, if I did this, and I would waste so much time and get so frustrated and so toxic, replaying all the scenarios that if I had done this, then this wouldn't be the case. If I had done this, I tell you, it drove me crazy and it stole the joy of the moment. I had to learn and I used the switch app that actually got on 50% sale at the moment. Those techniques have been birthed out of not only my clinical practice and my scientific research and my clinical trials I'm currently doing now on the Switch app as well, but also out of my own experience. I apply what I teach. I had to literally bring into the conscious mind the fact that I was constantly doing an if only, if only, if only, and realize that I have to stop doing that and change it. It took me five steps every day over 63 days to change how I was seeing and using if only. So now instead of saying, I don't deny it. I might say, oh, I wish I had actually taken care of those finances or I wish I had sorted out that relationship, but I don't get stuck there. I don't get into a whole if only creating a million scenarios of what I should have done. I actually think, what can I do? I should have done that. Yes, it would have been great if I allow myself like one if only. And then I start moving into what are the things that I can do now to change the situation in now and into the future? How can I now take care of this? This is, this is the situation. This is where my finances are now. This is where this relationship is now. What can I do? And as I said earlier on, and as you and I all know, is that there's so much access to great advice. I have great people I'm interviewing on my podcast that can help you with things like finances and childcare. And I'm putting out as many as I can. And there's the Facebook groups, and there's just everyone around the world. It's just wonderful. We're coming together as a community, helping each other. Draw on the knowledge of the people and the community in the world around you that are going through tough financial and relationship and if only situations as well. 
Next question. I am suffering from anxiety and I'm a young adult at the age of 26 years old. There's no reason for me to be afraid, knowing my immune system would probably be able to fight the virus out if I do get it. What do I do? Great question. Now, there's a podcast where I spoke to an epidemiologist who spoke about the ages and we do know that the people that are being most hard hit are those with compromised immune systems and people that have compromised problems with lung function and so on and mainly in the older age groups from 55 and older. But also they're finding that between the ages of 19 and 55 people are also getting affected and even a couple of babies. So Yes, it's more in the older population and the at-risk population, but the fact is that it's not just the older population. We have to all be careful. We also don't understand this virus. So now I tell you that because that's knowledge. By having knowledge, you can start dealing with your anxiety. When you have knowledge, you can bring it into the open. Once again, like I've been saying throughout, very often our fear is this constant going around in circles of allowing ourselves to think, oh, I could get it, I could get it, I'm so scared. Yes, you could get it. You may get it. But the fact is that if you're fearful of it, you drop your immunity. Integrative medicine and mind-brain research has confirmed neuroendocrine research. All these fields have shown that what you do with your mind is going to affect how you cope through a situation. So get knowledge. I'm giving you this knowledge. Find out information about the coronavirus and acknowledge that knowledge is going to help you understand the risk factor. And then you look at the fact that, okay, I can be scared of this or I can say, this is the situation. How can I build my immunity? How can I build my clarity of mind? And you can do that by getting your mind under control, by recognizing that fear drops your immunity. So once again, I would discipline myself. It's a learned mind management technique. As I feel myself saying, oh my gosh, I'm so scared. What happens if this, this happens to me? I, I I can't handle this. I don't want to be stuck with no ventilator. I don't want to be my family. Your mind just goes down. Stop. Stop yourself. Discipline yourself. Grab that thought. Take it out of your head. See it in your hands. Literally, I mean, I'm, you're doing this literally and figuratively. Grab that toxic thought. Put it out of your head. Distance yourself if you have to become literally like someone else looking at that toxic thought and say, okay, give that person holding that toxic thought that is you, but it's not you. Give them advice as though you're speaking to someone else. How would you help someone else handle the situation? What kind of advice would you give them? Distance yourself, even stretch your arm out and put it down on, in your mind on the other side of the world and say, okay, I can see you, but you're weak. You're far away from me. I am rather going to, and then you're going to develop some other kind of healthy green thought that says, okay, this is a fact, but let's look at the statistics. Let's look at the chance of this happening. Let me keep my mind clear so that I keep my chemicals flowing properly so that I can keep strong, that I can make good decisions, that I can then wash my hands, keep the social distancing, isolate, see where it can help. Maybe there's something that you can do to help. So you shift the energy from just going around and around and around in a negative ruminative cycle into something positive. The next question we've actually covered, so I'm just going to cover it very quickly. My anxiety gets the better of me. I now have insomnia. I cry when I think about how I might have the virus and would die. This is a very similar question to the, the one I've just covered. I just want to know how I can stop these thoughts in my head. I wanted to do that question again, the second question that's very similar to the one I just did, to re-emphasize the fact that you are in control of your mind. You use your mind to control your mind. You know, here's a really good little thing to remember when I talk about using your mind to control your mind. Your mind is like an infant. An infant needs to be looked after and fed and clothed and you do everything for the infant. You use your mind to control your brain. Your brain is literally like an infant. You're in charge. So if you've constantly thought about something with your mind, your thinking, feeling and choosing has built a thought into your brain. That thought is this toxic issue. It's a real physical protein toxic issue inside your brain. It doesn't have to stay there. And if it's this negative thing that's chaining you down, you need to embrace it, put it out, say, oh, I'm thinking like this. I'm thinking in this negative mind. I'm going to take control of this thought. I've got this negative thought in my brain. I'm going to get it out of my brain. I'm going to take charge of it. I'm going to stop. What do you want to think about it? Change it to what you do want to think about. I know you're hearing me say very similar stuff, but people don't really process this to the extent that they should. You control your mind. You're in control of your mind. You don't have to let those toxic thoughts consume you. You you can control them. So another question that's great here, yeah, I'm stuck 
by my mom's house and in a small town. I've had to deal with rude neighbors. What can I do to feel less stressed? Well, everyone's kind of going through different ways of being frustrated and rudeness, I suppose, is one of them. It would be one of them. So the best antidote to rudeness is politeness. When you pour on the love, when you pour on the politeness, knowing that the context of that rudeness is probably coming from tremendous frustration, then you neutralize the rudeness. You reach out You've created community. It improves your neuroendocrine function. You're going to get a burst of delta activity through your brain and theta activity through your brain, which is a healing wave. So you're going to make yourself feel better. And you've just now connected with someone and improved community. And when we improve community, when we connect with each other, we create tremendous healing inside of our brain. Next question, because of past trauma and chronic stress, my body recently was triggered into uncontrollable shaking for three hours. I stopped when I started playing Christian music. How do I manage my body thinking it needed to be in severe emotion fight flight mode? Okay, so now I've already answered this question in the other questions and I'll just quickly remind you, your mind controls your mind and your mind controls your brain. We think, we feel, we choose in that order. When you think, you feel, when you think and feel, you choose. And the result of that is you build a thought. And that thought can be changed at any one point. A past trauma can be triggered at any point and the current situation could easily trigger all kinds of past traumas. You know, when you isolated and you're in these scary situations, a lot of stuff comes up. It's very common when you go from being busy where you can keep yourself distracted to being in an environment where it's hard to be distracted because you are not isolated and you're not mixing with people and you're not in hurry sickness, stuff does come up. So then you need to process those what I call non-conscious drivers. And using a technique like listening to music and praying, that's fantastic, but you've got to make sure that you actually identify the root of the trauma. So if you're feeling a trigger coming on and you feel triggered and you're feeling very depressed, that depression's not an illness, you're going to embrace that illness as an emotional warning signal. You're going to tune into that and you're going to process and reconceptualize. Now, the best way to do this in my Switch app, my Switch app, I walk you through exactly how to embrace, process and reconceptualize those non unconscious traumas through five steps that you do every day. And it takes around three cycles of 21 days. So it takes about 63 days, but you've got to basically pull that thought up, find the root cause. And once you've found the root cause, you then redesign it. So you don't push your story away. You don't suppress your story. You basically redesign how you want the future of your life to look, how you see your future and how you want your future to be. You see this thought in a different way and then you basically, that's called reconceptualizing and then that can help you manage the stress that the toxic thought is causing. So for example, that three hours of shaking is very much a panic attack reaction. It's your sympathetic and parasympathetic nervous system that has gone out of balance. It's an increase of adrenaline. So it's very good if you're in that state to do something like praying, meditating, listening to if the Christian music helps you, whatever is helping you to calm you down, that's great. But once you've calmed down, you have to deal with the root cause otherwise it's going to keep coming back so you need to embrace the feelings the emotional warning signals to find the underlying root cause so that you can address that okay how to deal with panic attacks is another question i've already mentioned earlier on we have a great panic attack free panic attack guide that you can listen to that walks you through exactly how to manage a panic attack and then the last question I'm going to deal with is how do we deal with the feelings of lack of control, which are causing a lot of fear? So we like to be in control. We all know that. And it does feel out of control. This kind of links to the change question that I spoke about earlier on, because change constantly changing makes us feel out of control. And when we have this feeling of being out of control, it can cause feelings of fear and that can cause lots of damage in the brain. Fortunately, our brain is neuroplastic. So as we learn to deal with the, the feelings of being out of control, we can actually cause healing that can result in healing in our brain. So as we, all the things I've been saying, where you grab the thought, where you embrace process and reconceptualize, where you work through five steps each day for, two, for 63 days, when you do all these things, you are actually bringing a level of control back. You see, we can't control the events and circumstances of what's happening currently with the coronavirus, but we do control how we react. So all the things that I'm teaching you and telling you about and the things in my books and app, these are techniques that are going to help you get your mind under control. 
Okay, so to deal with uncertainty, we need to embrace the uncertainty because the answers are in the uncertainty. So in the process of facing the uncertainty, like facing the fact that change is, a, is, is actually a part of our life. Yes, we're in extreme change. Yes, we're in extreme uncertainty. But by embracing it, like stepping into it, it's almost like you're getting worse before you get better. It's almost like diving into that murky water of uncertainty. You're going to find the answers in there. So in the uncertainty, the control that you have is over your mind. It's over your reactions to the situation. You can choose how you're going to respond in any next moment to what we don't know is coming. So we can learn to have this inner peace and a sense of control in the midst of this uncertainty when we realize that we can control how our mind is reacting. So you can't control the events and circumstances, but you can control how you are reacting to it. You can control what you're thinking. You can control what you're feeling and you can control what you're choosing. So as you hear that someone maybe snaps at you because they or says something ugly to you because they're feeling very stressed because they're in this isolation situation, you can react with a nasty comment back and you can get a whole fight going or you can immediately choose to control your reaction. You're going to think, you're going to stop and say, no, don't react like that. I feel frustrated. I don't like what they've just said. I don't like what they've just done, but I'm going to calm down before I react. I'm going to put myself in their shoes. I'm going to recognize that they're going through stuff as well. It's not just me that's going through stuff. They're also fearful. Maybe they meant this, maybe they meant that. That is all embracing, processing, and reconceptualizing. I have said a lot and your questions were excellent and we're going to do this again and I want to ask you to send more questions in so that we can work through more issues as we are going through this pandemic crisis. I want to help you as much as I can and I want to end off by just stressing, you use your mind to control your mind and in this time of this pandemic, we certainly need to learn how to use our mind to control our mind. We need to up it, ramp it up, which means that we need to understand that our mind is how we think, feel, and choose. And we can control how we think, feel, and choose. So we use our thinking, feeling, and choosing to control how we're thinking, feeling, and choosing. You don't have to sink under the guilt, the condemnation, the fear. You have to just acknowledge them. And then you have to work out ways of redesigning and reconceptualizing so that you can manage them. And as you do this, your brain responds, your brain changes, you change the structure of your brain, you change the energy flow in your brain, you change how the hormones are flowing through your body, how the chemicals are flowing through your body, and you'll get that sense of inner peace. And you'll do what I often say is you'll freak out in the love zone. So yes, we're all freaking out, but we're going to freak out with a sense of peace to keep our clarity and to keep our heads on. And that comes through controlling your next reaction. You're in control of the next 90 seconds, the next five seconds. You control how you think and you feel and you choose. Thank you for joining me today. I'm Dr. Caroline Leaf. I hope you found today's podcast interesting and helpful. If you want more tips and help with managing anxiety, depression, and mental health, be sure to visit my website at drleaf.com and to sign up for my weekly newsletter where I also include a schedule of my speaking events and so much more. And follow me on social media. I'm on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Just look for Dr. Caroline Leaf. Also, I love seeing all your posts on social media about this podcast. I love seeing what resonates with you and what you've learned. So be sure to continue posting and tagging me and letting me know what you think and how these tips worked out for you. And don't forget, leave a review and keep spreading the word about this podcast. Thank you for joining me today. I really hope you learned something new and helpful. Till then, I'm Dr. Caroline Leaf. This podcast represents the opinions of myself and my guests. The content here should not be taken as medical advice. The content here is for educational and informational purposes only. Please consult your healthcare professional for any individual medical questions you may have. While we make every effort to ensure that the information we are sharing is accurate, we welcome any comments, suggestions or corrections of errors.